thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. And I'm Karen Smith, and I think I'm about to wet my pants with excitement. <laughs> I'm Kim Morrison. <laughs> and I'm Cindy O'Meara, and I know why Miss Karen is feeling that way. <laughs> we have got, I reckon, Cindy, Kimmy, kitties, I reckon we're going to have one of the best podcasts today. I can feel it in my water. I, I had a conversation <laughs> I had a conversation with Cindy yesterday and it was almost like I was getting dressed and the phone rang and then I got in the car and then I checked a message and there was just this urgency to the message and then when I got to talk to Cindy I was just glued to my seat and even though I had an appointment waiting for me I I think I landed up being about 20 minutes late but it was so okay like it was so perfect it was just amazing and um i can't wait for cindy to share with us what she's going to tell us because i tell you listeners strap yourselves in kids because this is going to be a shiz bang podcast just saying (laughs) well you know what Karen? i don't want to keep people hanging about what our conversation was about last yesterday so i won't go through the preamble yet we'll do the preamble afterwards but just to say that um i've had the most amazing weekend i went to las vegas i was in the u.s anyway um because my documentary what's with wheat has made it on north american netflix so anybody who's listening in canada or the u.s what's with wheat is now um on netflix there so you can you know watch it at your leisure watch it many times so i was doing some um networking and radio and television so i got on san diego television that was the only television station i got on to promote it and i decided that i wanted to go um for the last three days of my trip to las vegas to listen to a gentleman that i have been following for nearly 10 years his name is dr joe dispenza and the first time um i was alerted to him is i watched a wonderful documentary called what the bleep and I would have watched Joe Dispenza 50 times on What the Bleep. So sometimes I didn't enjoy the other people that were on it, the other experts, but I loved his message. And so I would fast forward to his message came and then I'd listen to him and then I'd fast forward and then I'd listen to him and then I'd fast forward. And then I had opportunities to go and hear him speak in Australia a couple of times with um, Dr. Bruce Lipton, who is the author of... Um, Oh, gosh. Biology of belief. Thank you. The biology of belief. And, and spontaneous evolution. Yeah. So, and the honeymoon effect. So yeah. I, yay. So I, I went and listened to him and, and then I, I happened to read one of his books, um, which was Breaking the Habit of Being You. And then I went on to read the book, uh, uh, what's his latest? You Are the Placebo. Yeah. So it's not like I don't know what this guy is saying. You know, I, I should know what he's saying, but I was fine to go to a live event, you know, and, a, and an extended live event where you take time out of your life to concentrate on the message. Then the message comes through loud and clear. So I'm thinking, well, I know what he talks about, but I'm in there from 
my, I would say Friday night and all Saturday morning and I still don't know what the message is. And then it hits me. It hits me Saturday afternoon at some point and I can't remember when it was but it was like, oh, I get it. I now, for the last 10 years, I've been listening to you and understanding, thinking I understand what you're saying and I have no idea until just that moment. And that's why I, I believe live events are so important. So at the end of this event, he says, now the event that I went to is called the progressive. Um, so it's a progressive event with, with, um, Dr. Joe. He also does an advanced event, which he is actually doing right now in Mexico. So he does an advanced event and he, he, he announced at the end of our weekend that he was going to stop doing progressive events. And instead, he was going to put it online. And I just thought in my mind, I went, no, you can't do that. Look at me. <laughs> I've been listening to you and I still don't get you. And you want me to do something online and then go to an advanced event and feeling like I'm not prepared. I feel I'm very prepared for the advanced event, but there was no way I would have been prepared for it if I didn't do through this progressive. So that was my thought. But what could I do about it, you know? So after he finished it, he goes off because there's like 700 people in the room. He goes off and his PA is there. So I race up to his PA and I go, I really want my girls to do the progressive event. And, um, and I really want to do the advanced event. Are you doing one in Australia? And, and she said, yes, we're doing one in April 2018 in Australia. As far as the progressive event goes, we are actually going to do one in New Zealand. And I thought, great, my girls can go, you know, or my son can go. They can, you know, they'll enjoy it. And so that was, I was happy then. So because that meant my family was all satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things that Dr. Joe said is that when the world's crazy in your life and you're, your mind is thinking about lots of things. It's really important that you get into the habit of every morning setting up your day. And he does it with the meditation. And so I made the decision that every morning I would wake at 4.30 and do his 50-minute meditation, which is what I've been doing. And the cool thing about this is that meditation was done in that weekend. And I'm able to draw myself into that weekend with 700 people in the room, with the most amazing energy in the room at that space in time in my home. It's the most amazing thing to do. So you can see, this isn't even the preamble for everything, but it's, you know, it's the setting up of where I was. So not this morning, but yesterday morning, I'm doing my meditation. I got up at 4.30. Um, I was doing my meditation and I thought to myself, I thought, someone has to teach the progressive. If Joe doesn't want to teach the progressive, somebody has to teach it. So this is what's going on in my head because you do. You go off on another tangent. You, you don't stick where you're meant to be, even though Joe says, come back, observe that you went somewhere, but come back. So I came back and then the next thing that pops into my head is Karen Smith. And then my mind went wild. Karen Smith has to teach the progressive. And that's what came to me in my meditation. So I brought myself back away from Karen Smith, came back to my meditation, finished my meditation, and um, thought, I have to ring Karen. I have to tell her. So I rang her pretty early. 
<laughs> I went for my swim. I had my breakfast. And then I thought, I just have to ring her and tell her what I, I got. Because if Dr. Joe doesn't want to do the progressive, and for me, the progressive was probably the most defining moment in understanding his work, then somebody with the knowledge that he's got, which is all about the mind, and we know that is Karen, she's the mind girl. Um, and so I rang her and I said, Karen, this is what I've got in my meditation and I think you need to contact Joe. So, Miss Karen, tell us what you well, I, I uh, Yes, so I'm sitting in the car and Cindy tells me about this and, you know, there's there's no punchline yet and I'm waiting on the punchline. So, you know, guys, don't don't be expecting me to say, you know, I've spoken to Joe yet because I haven't. Um, but I'm really fortunate that I interviewed Dr. Joe Dispenza on Karen's Couch last year and we formed a great relationship. We connected three or four times um, personally and we did two or three interviews together. Only one of them actually went live, but I've got the other two still in recording. And he is such a beautiful soul that at the time I thought it's uncanny how we've clicked. And I wonder if he does that with everybody because he's such a sweet person. And that was what I thought at the time. And then I went back to my computer as soon as I, <laughs> so I was waiting um, in my car while I was talking to Cindy and, and I have to say this to you, Cindy, it's quite amazing. Actually, every time you say my name, yesterday and just now every time you say my name I almost get a shiver down my spine it's mm. so it's such a strange sensation when you say my full name and mm. I don't I, I don't really understand that I've never felt that before I've, I mean I've always had you as somebody in my life it's been a mentor for me that I've treasured um but yeah just when you were saying my name just then I was like oh shit what's on oh, oh gosh I just saw <laughs> sorry everybody <laughs> <laughs> oh, children, block your ears. Beep. <laughs> um, yeah, I just got quite a, quite a, a, a shiver down the mm. spine. But anyway, so, yeah, I was, I, I, before I got to see my client yesterday, I sat in my car after I hung up the phone from Cindy in absolute awe. And as Cindy was talking, I was thinking, is that something I would want to do? And, you know, I had the whole conversation going on while Cindy was talking to me. I was talking to me and I was saying, is that something I want to do? Do I want to train somebody else's work? How could that work for me? And then Cindy was talking about how he's on such a large platform and it's time for me to be on a larger platform, et cetera, et cetera. And I, and I agreed and I said, I agree. And I've, you know, I've kind of um, decided to sort of step back while I reassess that next level of launch. And um, I was telling Cindy about that yesterday and so I opened up my laptop and lo and behold, there's a, um, my conversation with him on Skype. And it took me right back to when we were doing the interviews and he's calling me honey and he's giving me all of these contact details inside of his business and he's telling me all of the things that he's doing. And it was this beautiful conversation that him and I had had personally on a very private um, contact number on, through Skype and then also through our emails. And it was, it was actually really heartening that any question that I had in my mind as to whether this would be something that would be right for me dissolved in an instant. So I went to great pains and I sent him a private message through our Skype 
um, conversation together. And then I also sent him and the six members of his team um, a personal email outlining a little bit about myself and um, certainly that my best friend Cindy had done a, med a meditation and in honour of creative manifestation, I simply must pursue her vision. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what it's all about. Yeah, and I, it, it was just bizarre. And I have to say, you know, um, I feel really excited. I feel really, really excited. I've, I've got to say I've been feeling really excited about my life for the, probably the last two or three months because I've really surrendered. I've stopped trying to control everything. I've stopped trying to make things the way I think that they should be because I've just gotten myself to a place of exhaustion. And from that full on, and I mean surrender in a way that I have never surrendered, being the full on control freak that I am, um, I've never really let go. I thought I had, but I hadn't. And now that I've let go, I'm finding everything is unbelievably effortless. Like, I, and I can't believe how often I say effortless. And I always think, you know, when what we teach, we need to learn. And I created the effortless self programs, obviously, because it was time for me to learn effortlessness. effortlessness. Um, but I didn't realize it would also come so effortlessly. I really didn't get that. I, 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 I thought that I would work towards that and I would work with it. And, you know, um, but it's been profound. It's been really, really profound. And financially, everything's been unbelievably effortless. With my can, business can and I with the people I'm dealing with, with, effortless. Yeah, go. You know how um, that movie, there was a movie, that, a documentary called Embrace, and it's a beautiful message about a woman who did body sculpting and then went to her supposed, I guess, normal size and posted that, and then the movie came about about women's image. And... I was privileged to speak at one of the launchings of that. And, and I loved the movie. I loved watching it. And, and there was some lovely messages and, and it was funny and all of those things. But the thing that I felt perhaps was lacking in it was how, like, you, and, and I want to ask mm. you, how did you, how did it become effortless? Like what you, you say, I, I just decided to let it go, but, how do you decide to let it go? Do you say to yourself in my head, I've let it go, I've let it go, I've let it go so many times or are there practices <laughs> you do or are there rituals yeah. you embrace? It's such, a, it's such a brilliant question. I nearly just swore again. I just nearly said the bloody word. <laughs> it's such a... <laughs> it's such you know a good question. You know what I mean, though, because so many oh, people I do that, you know, and then I, and I changed my life and then I... I, I woke up and I had this revelation and everything changed, but it's like, mm. and you know, and so many people say it was an, it was an overnight decision, but in reality it took 10 years to create that overnight decision, or it could have been five years of searching and researching. So I'm just, I'm curious to hear your how. Well, you know me probably better than, well, both you and Cindy know me better than I'd say 99% of the people in my world. And you guys know that, I'm always striving, I'm highly ambitious, I'm incredibly driven, I'm a bit of a machine um, and I've lived my life like that my whole life. When I created the Effortless Self programs, I remember when the name came to me, I was blown away that such a beautiful name would come for me to use and so I registered it, you know, did all of the usual stuff, drove myself to build the websites, paid $25,000 in the marketing 
of that program, put together webinar after webinar. I did all of the usual stuff when you're promoting an event. And um, I created the three events with the intention of supporting people to um, go into my retreat. And what I found in doing the free events, I had over 2,000 people around uh, from Brisbane, Sydney and Melbourne and Sunshine Coast attend those free events, which totally blew my mind that there would be that many people who'd want to come and spend a morning with me. That blew me away. But when I went down to Melbourne, um, there was a strange energy for me in Melbourne where I felt like I was really, uh, when I was delivering the content, I felt very relaxed. I felt very um, playful and I wasn't focused on that whole upsell at all. And I guess I hadn't been throughout the whole effortless self-free process at all. And when um, I got to the end of the day and um, I saw that there were only two people out of the, the 170 people that were there that had registered for my event, I packed up all of my gear and I said to myself, this is the last time I'm doing it. I won't do this anymore. And I remember when I was on the plane, I closed my eyes and I cried. And mm -hmm. I just said, you know, um, to those in higher places, I said, I live for this work. This is who I am. And I feel my greatest expansion and growth and my connectedness to you occurs when I'm in the middle of this work. And I want this to be my life 100% but I will not do it for free. And when I came home, I literally, um, with, oh gosh, this is going to sound really bad, so please forgive me, everybody, but I had a really big fight with God. And I just said, you know, you're not with me. You're not here. You're in the whole universe. You know, you're not supporting me. And I was really angry and I was so upset for about four weeks, but I was upset with the universe, I was upset with the trees, I was upset with the rivers, I was upset with the world, upset with the world. And then I got so upset and I got so sick of being upset that I thought, well, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stop. I'm gonna stop all of it. And it was through the extreme contrast, Kimmy, that um, there was nothing else for me to do because Everything I was trying to do wasn't working. And then when I try and put it into the hands of the universe and believe that I'm putting it into the hands of the universe and the universe is going to support me, that didn't work either. So there was nothing else for me to do. I had nowhere else I could go. There was nowhere else I could run. And I just literally, I sat on the lounge and I just, I felt like I just collapsed inside. And I think I feel um, it's a similar sensation that I still feel now. I mean, this is not that long ago. This is literally just a, you know, maybe a month or two months ago. And I feel like I just collapsed inside with all of the stress and the tension and the needing for it to look a certain way and the, the, the business acumen and everything that I've ever been trained to do my whole life. Um, it just wasn't bringing me what my vision was. So my effort and my vision were not lining up. And, you know, I just, I, I, I couldn't keep pushing it anymore because of exhaustion. So 
I think every time now I, I feel the need to get in and strive and get back in and get really active and start pushing, I just remember that sensation of collapsing inside and I stop. And if I'm building a website, I shut the computer down. And if I'm putting posts on Facebook, I shut the computer down and I go for a run or I go for a walk or I take myself off with a bag of popcorn and sit in the park. And I'm just stopping myself. I'm physically stopping myself. So I'm still a work in progress at it. But what's amazing, Nikimi, is that out of the blue, I was invited to speak for a massive big company. And as a result of that experience, I'm now the face of that massive company. I'm on um, a national tour with them. So the money that's come from that is more than I could ever possibly imagine. Um, I've picked up another massive, massive client that's going to provide coaching for the next three years without, with, <laughs> and I'll be struggling for time. And I still do my small group masterminds, which I just adore. I've got Mindset Mastery coming up. I've still got the effortless self-retreats that I'm running. You know, so there's all of those sorts of things that are still in the pipeline and there's still more and more that's coming up. And then I get a call like that from Cindy. <laughs> you know, and I honestly think it's, you can't push any of that sort of stuff. You can't, you can't make any of that stuff happen. And I've been trying to make that kind of stuff happen for as long as I can remember. And my very uh, surrendering and realising that all my pushing wasn't getting me what I wanted and handing it over didn't get me what I wanted because even when I handed it over, I handed it over in order to get. So I wasn't handing it over at all. And so now I just have clarity on the experience and the sensation that I want to feel and then how that comes about is not my business. And I hope that that, you know, it seems to be working, but I'm also not attached to the outcome of that. I'm not attached at all. It'll just be what it's going to be because I, there's no other alternative. There isn't any other alternative. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's exactly what Joe talks about. He talks about surrender. He says surrender all the time. Um, the problem is, is that we're never in the present. We're always in the past or the future. And yeah. we don't have clarity and consciousness around what we're actually doing. And I love how. He says is that our body is the actual um, thing that is guiding us, not our brains and our minds. And when we stop giving into our body and start, you know, being in present time and start making the mind be the master, not the body yeah. the master, things start to change. So, Karen, because you've been in this work for so long, it was probably really easy for you to surrender. But a lot of people, as he says, are addicted to the emotion or to the, the feeling that their, their body gets as a result of the things that they do. The drama, for the, sure. The drama, the drama of life. And he calls it the drama of life. Mm. And um, I just, I didn't, get, I didn't get that. I didn't get that the body was the master for most people. So if you're someone who overeats, it's not your mind. It's the body that become the master and you just go and do something um, that you must have an addiction to, whether it be the food or the uh, emotion that comes with that. It doesn't matter, but your body 
becomes the master. And so what he talked about is that your mind must become the master. And one of the last things he said was, if you're sitting in front of the television after coming to this conference and you're sitting in front of the television and you've got the remote and the, the phone and your iPad and, you know, and you're watching everything and you're going, I'll do it later, the body knows it's one because you're not changing your habits or changing who you are. You're just allowing the body to keep winning. And it's when you take that step away from your everyday routine of what you normally do, such as you get up in the morning, your body takes you to the toilet. Um, it's a signal from the body. And he, and he did this really well in um, when we would do um, meditations because he would say to us, I don't care what your body is telling you. If it's itchy, scratchy, you want to move, whatever it is, tell the body to be quiet, that the mind has taken over. And sometimes I can sit in a meditation and my body is crazy. It doesn't want to sit. It's complaining. Um, but I've now gotten to the point after, you know, that whole three days of I can shut my body down. I can shut it down and go straight to the mind. So he basically said what you're saying, Karen, you have to surrender to a higher power. And yeah. he calls it, and you have to pass through the river of change. So you're on one side of the river. And you're going to want to get to the other side. And he says, you have to pass through the river of change. And the only way you can pass through the river of change is to forget your stories, forget your past, stop harping about, you know, the story, which is very different to what many psychologists actually, you know, talk about. Um, you know, they all want to get to your past to see you know, what childhood or whatever happened. But he's like, he's saying, cut it off. Just cut the story off. And then he says, and also cut, which will cut the future story off because your past dictates your future. And so when you cut the story off, you give more energy to the quantum field, which is infinite in, in possibility. So let's say that um, somebody's home late. And your only thought of them being home late is, I hope they're okay. I hope they've been in an accident. What's happened to them? What, you know, and you go into this one field of possibility. You don't even go into an infinite field. You go into this one field of possibility. And he gives that as a really good example is that there is an infinite field of possibilities of what can happen or what may happen. Um, and that's just, you know, putting it down to what something narrow. But if you... Wanted. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you can explain it another way, Karen, in that. So oh, people, no, I think that's perfect. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfect. It makes such sense, Cindy. Yeah, and that he kept talking about, he kept talking about this infinite field of possibility. And if you put your energy into the present, not the past or the future, but into the present and... Um, it's so funny because when Kim and I were in New York, I would do the meditation. Every night we would put the meditation on. And um, he, he's really funny because he, he starts, you know, the first 10 minutes of the meditation is, I want you to look at the space between your eyes in space. <laughs> this is what he's like. And you're like, going, 
the space between my eyes and space. What the frick is that? You know, and like you, you just, <laughs> your brain just, and he takes you through your whole body like that. And then um, he gives you quiet time. And that quiet time I realized now was to keep bringing my mind back to the present, you know, observe that I am um, going to the past or the present all the time with my communication with myself. And he'd say, observe that, bring yourself back to the present. It doesn't matter how many times you do that, just keep bringing yourself back to the present. So it's a really good thing because many times in meditation, people will just wander and they don't even know what's happening. But when he says, that's okay, just observe it, bring yourself back. If you go again, it doesn't matter. Observe it, bring yourself back. So you do this for 10 minutes with music. Um, And then he goes, now, I want you to, and he's just, He's got this amazing voice. The music's amazing. And he, he, um, I didn't understand what he was saying after that 10 minutes of music. But after being with him for three days, I now get it. Isn't that sad, Karen? Is it, like I find it. No, it's not. It's oh. just perfect timing. Seriously, it's almost like, you know, we, when you set up this podcast, it was the, there was the preamble to the actual crux of what we were talking about. And it's, you know, that's just preamble. And even this is preamble to the next thing. It's just, mm. it's just perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect timing. And we all have our um, crisis moments and we all have our epiphany moments in the perfect, um, in the perfect timing. Yeah. But, you know, you can't beat yourself up about that because the truth is, I mean, this shizzle is challenging to grasp much less implement and live 24 7 and to master it it's 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 a full-on commitment to the self there's you know you you have to make the self the number one priority like you're doing now you're getting up at your 4 30 and you're doing your meditation and yourself your mastery of yourself cindy is your number one priority everything that you do happens in and around that but it's you first and you set that up you know, when you, you do your meditations. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's something different. And that's what he said. He oh. said, do something different. And this is the, the best thing that you can start your day with is setting your day up. That is a, a day of infinite possibilities of, and he, and he says this, where you put your attention is where you put your energy. And he showed this in a phenomenal way by um, doing brain scans on people who meditate and what their attention is focused on. You can actually see the absolute energy, not nothing physical. It's the energy in the brain. You actually see it lighting up. And so when we focus our attention on something bad, the energy goes there and it fulfills it for you. But when you focus your attention on the infinite possibilities of what is out there in our lives and what we can achieve, the energy goes there. And that's, I think that's what I love the most is he would, it, the reason he goes the space between the space is he wants you to focus in on that space because he says the space is the unknown. It's a void, but it's infinite in its possibilities. And I don't know. He just, he repeated himself 
over and over and over between Friday night and, and um, Saturday before Saturday afternoon when he first got into his first PowerPoint because I wrote like a crazy girl. I just kept writing and writing and writing. And as I go back through my notes, I realise he's saying it, but he's just saying it differently because he knew I was in the room and I needed to get it. It's <laughs> 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 the only way I can think about it. It's like you knew I was there and you knew I hadn't got it in 10 years and you knew you just had to keep repeating it. <laughs> Even though there were the other people in the room, it didn't matter. But <laughs> no, it's only ever about has, you. Of course, you're the centre of the universe. Yeah. He has that wonderful book too called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, which is what I have listened to on an audio. And I love listening to the audio because for me, I can listen to it when I'm driving or walking or whatever. And I think... His knowledge around quantum physics and um, and the neuroscience, but he also explains how the brain works in it, and and I think he goes even he delves quite well into our genetics and and how we are not necessarily hardwired by our past. There is a you do have the opportunity to to change, um, and I think that's where most of us get stuck. That we believe a certain thing happens in our life, and that. You, you do that beautifully in Mindset Mastery, Karen, where we are not the labels or we are not our story. Um, and I think he, if, if anyone's interested, that's actually another really good book to listen to or download because I love the way he – I need it simple and I also like it um, tracked in a way that it gives you little tools for you to try and to do things. So I think that would be another really good um, book of his to listen to or at least get – um, for anyone that's interested and I just love the steps that he gives gives you to go through the process which is really cool and I still listen to that meditation there's actually two there's a part one and a part two and every night I put it on except Danny doesn't want to listen to it the way you did Cindy so I have to put my headphones in with him it's not the same so I like listening to it with you because we'd both chuckle at parts in it sometimes and we'd both notice that we'd both gone into the same conversation in our minds but the way he brings you back is very very powerful and I still get nudges and pokes from you thank you <laughs> <laughs> so one of, one of the things that you have to prepare for the the progressive so he sends you gosh three six nine twelve probably twelve hours of video for you to watch before you even get to the progressive and um it's him doing a live so it's obviously something before the progressive he does this live event and he always says poke the person beside you so i'd be listening to it in my ears while kim was doing something else and i'd poke her and she, what was that for he said told me told me to poke the person beside me <laughs> and then the other thing he says which i think is really cool is that when he when he when you're there he says i want you to Talk, i want you to turn to the person beside you and i want you to explain the concept i just talked about and sometimes he'd say it and I'd go, oh, gosh, I phased out. You said something and it took me somewhere and I was thinking about that and now I don't know what you'd said. <laughs> I reckon that happens in learning anything. Yeah. I reckon I phased out and then wonder what he just said. So when people say to you to repeat to the person next year, it kind of freaks me out sometimes because I wasn't quite <laughs> But you know what? It makes you be alert. And he did it mm. quite a lot. It makes you and, – and like you said, you, you create new neuronal – um, connections every time you learn something new but they break if you don't repeat it or read it or review it so what he does is he gives a concept and he says now 
I want you to talk to the person beside you and, and explain it to them what you got. But what was really interesting is that because I didn't go with anybody, I went by myself, I sat with different people all the time. And I found when I, with the people that I'd sit next to, they would hear something different to me. That's scary. Mm. They would mm. hear something different to me. And then unless I'd phased out and then it didn't matter what they said because I would have believed them anyway. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> you know. But, but then that comes back to that whole thing of perception, based with your lens and how you hear and see things. I do it with my kids sometimes. I'll be telling them both something and then I'll turn around, explain to me what I just said. <laughs> and you realise they'd zoned out at Alison here. so yeah you can it's very easy to not be present to a conversation or have your own story or perception behind it Karen what about then so the next step for you then with this is I mean is it your dream is it your goal to lead the progressive workshops or is it to take parts of that and do your own um, representation of something like that what what is it sweetheart Look, you know, I'm really just, I, I've got to be honest, I'm really just open to what's going to come from it. Um, I don't think that, you know, when I look at um, the role that Cindy's played in my life, it's been um, pivotal you know, on so many different occasions and so many different levels that I can honestly say I know I probably would still be floundering if I hadn't um, taken Cindy's advice very much in the beginning. So I think, um, you know, in my journey, Cindy's a huge part of me on a soul level and I really think that um, when something like that happens for her and she shares it with me then it feels I feel very compelled to to follow the breadcrumbs and just see where it goes and I don't know where it's going to go I don't know what it's going to land up with but one thing I do know about myself is that I'm not at full capacity and I haven't been at full capacity for most of my life and my capacity is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, millions and millions of people is my capacity to help and serve. And um, I have the desire, I have the capacity, I have the um, intelligence and I have the gifts of communication. So I think that me taking this step back and reassessing, you know, all of that aspect of my world and just surrendering and letting it be as it's supposed to be um, kind of gives me license to not interfere with what's being created because I've made my intentions clear for the last 15 years. I've been asking for the same thing for the last 15 years. And, you know, as much as I feel like it's time and I feel like I'm ready, I, I, I think potentially in this line of work, I was trying to control too much. I don't know. I really don't know. So I think that um, as long as I can stay surrendered to um, the sensation that I want to feel and knowing who I am and what I am and my capacity and why I think I'm here, it kind of is an innate, it's an innate knowing almost in every cell of my body. So being um, clear on that and then you know, like I said, following the breadcrumbs as they, as they present themselves. And it's, it's a really, it's, it's, it's completely fascinating for me. It's, it's like a 360 degree turnaround from what I'm used to doing. (laughs) So it's effort. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's not effort to be surrendered, 
but it's effort to remind myself every time, as you say, Cindy, and I've just, I've been putting the pieces together. It is my body. It's absolutely my body that goes into a state of anxiety. And I would feel that sensation of anxiety three or four times a day. Mm. And it's that anxiety that was driving or driving me so hard and driving the action that I was taking, driving, you know, how far I would go and the fact that I would be a machine. It was that anxiety that was actually driving me. And it was so unconscious, I thought it was ambition. And I thought that it was, um, it was you know, striving for greatness. But now that every time that comes up, I go and sit in a park or I shut the computer down because I refuse to keep doing the same thing. I refuse to do the same things that I've done because in my mind, if I come across something like this, I do have a conversation with myself where I say, I will master this. And I will make it a priority, and I do. So, um, you know, like you say, just doing it differently, just not, not doing anything the same. And for me at the moment, like I say, I'm still a work in progress on it. So it'll be what it'll be, and I'm quite happy for that. But I'm excited. I mean, I'm really excited. I really think, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza is an incredible man, and he's somebody that I've had some profound conversations with that we just unraveled the, the, um, the stitching of the universe together over an hour and a half conversation when I went back and listened to the recordings the other day, uh, yesterday, sorry. You know, it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, feel, I, I do feel excited. I can't, I can't, I can't hold that in. <laughs> but you know what's interesting, Karen? I didn't know you knew about Joe. I didn't realize that. So I think my first thing was I said, oh, I've been to this amazing conference. Um, it was with Joe Dispenza. Do you know who I'm talking about? And, and then Karen goes, oh, yes, blah, 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 And I thought, wow, isn't that amazing? Mm. And I actually mm. saw you in front of the audience. So I saw you in front of that audience. It wasn't just a thought. It was I saw it. And, yeah, so, you know, I it's the infinite field of possibility and I can see his, how his business has grown. Cause you know, I've been watching him for 10 years and what I saw was a well-oiled machine brilliantly mm. together, brilliantly done. Um, but he is away from home all the time. And he did say, I don't want to do the progressives anymore. I want to do the advanced because the advanced is where he does his science. It's where he puts electrodes on people's heads and, um, he had a couple of his students get up and do um, in front of us um, this uh, technique of breathing. And the technique is where you're sitting and you, um, and, and this took him, by the way, two hours to prep us in order to do this. So he doesn't just do something for the sake of doing it. He sh tells you the science behind this. So he talked about the chakras and how each chakra has hormones and nerves. And, and, I, and me, to me, the chakras, I've always thought was a mystical thing, but he actually showed the science behind. He called, there's eight chakras, not seven, but the seven are on our body. The eighth is out of our body. But he, he talked about each of the chakras. He talked about the, the organ that was, um, involved in it. He talked about the nerves that go to it. He talked about the hormones that 
um, create systemic, you know, system changes. He said the bottom three um, are the three that hold energy um, and they're like guilt. Um, uh, guilt was one. I wish I'm, I'm just going to look at my notes quickly. Just hang in there, guys. I'm going to look at it. be shame. Sex, guilt and anger. Ah, oh, right. So sex, guilt and anger was um, the third one. And he says, these are our survivals. We need them. Um, be, be, he just said we need them. But he's, he wanted us to shift the energy from those three. So he's taken photos, um, energy photos, of where each of the chakras are before a meditation on, a, on individuals. And the chakras are all over the place. They can be way to the left off the body. They can be, you know off center they can be all over the place and then he gets them to do this meditation which is what we did which was to energize the chakras and get them in alignment so the way he did what it sort of what sort of photos uh, cindy what did he what camera did he use i did have no idea the just, they were heat i think it was heat um oh, okay yeah i don't know don't i didn't ask those technical things i just watched as he was doing like a lot of them was brain waves um, but how he moved the chakras, like, was mind-blowing. Like you said, right, these were this person's chakras. After the meditation, this is what they look like. So he, this is the meditation that he talks about. So it's a, it's a breathing meditation. And so he explains it to us. We all do it. And it's about the tightening of your perineum and then the tightening of the ab abdominal wall and then the tightening of the thorax. And you're shooting energy from you know, the bottom at the perineum and you're shooting that energy um, with the use of the cerebral spinal fluid. So as you contract, you move the cerebral spinal fluid up through the nervous system. And as you contract each of those muscles, it shoots it up to the heart chakra, to the throat chakra, um, to the third eye, and then up to the um, pineal gland. And Anyway, so we all, you know, I was doing, you do it with your eyes closed and I was very subdued and, but I was really pushing, 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 pushing. And then he brings these students up and the students, there must've been about seven of them. This was from the advanced group. So there were seven of them and they're all sitting up there. And he says, I want you to watch how these guys change their state and how they, you know, align their chakras and how they get that stored energy of guilt and anger out of the body. And, it, oh, my gosh, it was like they were possessed. And at the end of it, he goes, you're scared now, aren't you? Mm -hmm. This is the energy you have to put into it. You can't just sit there. You must put the energy in. And he said, but you will get to a point where you can just sit there and you can feel that cerebral spinal fluid moving all through the chakras up to the last one, which is, or the seventh one, which is the pineal gland. But then he says there's another one. I'm just going through my notes to see if I can find the number, the name of the, it was, it was like Kai or somebody who's listening that might know this. It's like, it's, um, it's one that's about three feet above us and it's the opening to all knowing. Um, and it's a, it's a, I think, a Sanskrit name. When I find it, I'll, when somebody else is talking, I'll have a, a quick look through my notes. But he talks about this, this one that you can then keep shooting your energy up through. And, and the thing is, is he, it's science. This isn't just woo-woo stuff. This is, he actually shows you where it is with 
um, energy fields. So someone who has meditated with a really bad energy or not meditated with a really bad energy field can change their energy field of protection around their whole body as a result of this type of meditation. So, and it's quite amazing. It does change your state. Um, and it gets you to really concentrate on those energy, um, those energy areas. So, I, I, you know, do you remember when we were in South America and I came back from, I don't know if you remember this, but I know some of the other girls will remember this, that came to South America with us. And I came back from um, Machu Picchu, the, the main town. I had bought a pendant, an orange pendant, and it was a pendant that was Pachamama. But on the other side was mm. the chakras and the stones and mm. chakras. And I have worn yeah. that. I took it to America with me. I actually lost it. Oh, I lost it because the chain broke. And for 24 hours, I couldn't find it. And then I found it on the sidewalk that many people had walked past facing up with the chakras. So oh, wow. I was beside myself because it means a lot to me that. And then now doing this whole thing with the chakras and that meditation and how you align them and get them working again was quite amazing. But I think what he said is that you have to become a different person. You cannot expect to cure. And it's, it was a lot about health. So a lot of people there were in wheelchairs with eye patches on, you know, you know, there were obviously people that had come to be healed because there's a lot of spontaneous healing that happens. And he says, in order to be someone who can heal themselves, you cannot be the person that made the sickness in the first place. You have to be somebody different. And that's the habit of breaking, you know, the, the, the breaking the habit of being you. That's where he talks about that. And I found that profound because how many people who get a disease, go to their doctor, get a pill and continue their life and don't change anything and expect to be healed. It, he says it's delusional. You can't do it. You have to become a different person because the person who created the illness was the person you were. And if you want to stay there, then it'll just, it won't get rid of the illness. So he said he's seen where people have done these meditations and cancers have just disappeared. They've got scans of before and scans of after. Multiple sclerosis, almost spontaneous healing. Um, rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, it's like he told so many stories. He says, I have nothing to do with this. You guys have to do this. But I just want you to know these are the stories that we hear. Um, so it was very much, I believe, about healing. But it was also very much like manifesting Matisse, which we've, you know, we've talked about manifesting Matisse. It's just that for me, manifesting Matisse was 10 steps. And he didn't, it, in, he didn't completely do the steps, but what he did is he did them in a different way. And that's, there were some that gelled with me better than the ones that I do with Michelle. I love Michelle's work. Um, but I just found there were a couple of little things that I didn't quite understand with Michelle's work and now I understand it, you know. So it's, it's, um, it was an amazing weekend and I, I understand now why he does it in um, beautiful locations with lots of nature around. Uh, it's with being out of your world because he says, I want you to get out of the world that you've been in and be in a new world. Because every time I do that meditation, I think of where I was and I was in an absolute pristine desert 
and, and, a, and a beautiful hotel. It was the Hilton. Um, and he, he somehow got that down from $500 a night to 150 bucks a night. That's Obviously, crazy. because he brings mm. so many people and they come from all over the world. There were five Australians there. There were from nine um, countries were there. Um, more from Canada was there from, than America. Um, but it was just absolutely, uh, oh, no, actually, it was more from Canada than California. That's right. More, from, Yeah. So, look, it was um, a weekend that um, I would recommend for people to do. And I don't want him to stop, Miss Karen. <laughs> I don't want him to stop. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's just absolutely, you know, it, it, it was just the most incredible time. Yeah. Just, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, um, in ancient philosophy, there's the, and, and when I was having a conversation with um, Dr. Joe, we spoke about Advaita, which is the Eastern philosophy that explores the chakras and um, the power of each of the chakras and then the kundalini energy that rises from the base mm-hmm. through to the top. That's what it was called, the kundalini. Oh, you're yeah. so smart. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Just read a few books. <laughs> yeah, and it's, um, it's, it's incredible. The part that I love the most about the way that he shares this information is that without the scientific explanation, most people um, are still grasping at and um, you know, they're grasping at, they're trying to hang on to electricity. It's almost like they're trying to grab something that they can't see, which means they've got to try and force themselves to believe in something that they can't see. And, and you know, we can't convince ourselves to believe if we don't, you know. Um, so the fact that he puts the scientific spin to it gives it that other dimension that allows the brain to take a rest. It's almost like when I was talking to him, it's almost like, okay, you tell the brain, take a knee, take a knee. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to figure this out. You know, here's the, here's the science behind it. Here's the um, spiritual sensation. And, you know, it's interesting. You can't even call what you've been through, Cindy, you can't even call it spiritual because mm-hmm. the connotation of spiritual now is otherworldly. When in actual point of fact, mm. what you've experienced now is the most now worldly, here worldly, this worldly, but the truth, it's not the bullshit that we've been fed and it's not the crap that we've been conditioned with. It's the actual truth of the nature of the body, the actual truth of the nature of the mind, the actual truth of the nature of this existence connected with consciousness. And it's all backed by science. And I, and I, and I love that he does that and he's such an unassuming soul Mm, Mm. yeah he's not you know he's not out there doing some big song and dance and performance and you know people on the chairs rah-rah he's not Mm -mm. for that he's just for the purity the ultimate nature of it I, i i i i i'm very jelly bean and i will so be going to the the um auckland event if i don't get myself overseas quicker yeah. I'll definitely do the advanced with you here in Australia for sure. Well, let me tell you what the eighth is. So it's the door to the cosmos. Oh, yeah. um, so it's the first of the spiritual, the first of the chakras, numbered eight, sits above the seventh chakra about two feet. It is the energy centre of divine love, spiritual compassion and selflessness. 
It's the chakra that holds your karmic residue, those energy patterns that you have held on for more than one lifetime. When the eighth center begins to open up and expand, a new spiritual awareness begins to take shape. The individual begins to sense himself or herself as part of a larger community of people. The chakra is the gateway to ideas, concepts, and abilities. Isn't it beautiful? It enables the individual to achieve out-of-body projection. Now, I'm just going to stop there because I had one of those. Um, So what happened was um, I can't remember which number meditation it was, but I was somewhere, I don't know where I was, but I had a big window, but it wasn't a defined window. But I had this big hole and it, on the other side of that big hole was the universe. It was just, um, there was thousands and thousands of stars that I saw as opportunities. I didn't, I saw them as stars, but I knew they were opportunities. So I was getting information from whatever it was out there. But I couldn't get through that bloody hole to get out there. And all I wanted to do was get through this space that wouldn't allow me to get through it so I figured that's going to come later but it is it was like um I wasn't in my body I was it was amazing so it was one of those out-of-body projections uh yeah and what else it says is that um it is uh it's for perception and wisdom this eighth chakra um yeah and it goes on. There's lots more on about it. But he called it something, but I, I didn't write it down. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was quite. Let me Google-ish. Yeah. Me Google-ish. Have, I, have either of you heard of the fact that there's actually 12 chakras? I mean, oh, no, I'm not, I haven't heard But when you um, look through, through Advaita and Ayurveda, there's actually 114. Oh, jeez. Oh, okay. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> was really interesting is that he showed uh, an experiment that was done with a whole bunch of um, metronomes. So I think there was like 30 metronomes that were started at different times. And within, I reckon, three minutes, I'm sure this will be on YouTube for anybody who wants to watch it. So coherence in the brain is really important and coherence within the chakras is really important. Otherwise you just have this crazy scattering of your energy. So coherence is really important. And he shows it in a meditation, how the brain becomes coherent in that all the waves start working together, whether they're small or large, they all start working together. But he, he talked about um, this coherence and he said, I want to show you how this coherence works in every part, whether it's a mechanical world or our, you know, our cells or our brain waves or energy waves. I want to show you how this coherence works. So it's this bunch of metronomes and they all get started at the same, at different times and they're all going clank, 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 clank. And within, I reckon, three minutes, all of them but one were exactly doing the same thing and at the same time in the same um, it's like northeast or southeast. It was all, they were all doing it together, but one. And then he says, but wait, it might be the one that's stopping the coherence, but watch what happens. And within a very short period of time, this metronome changes its direction and becomes in coherence with the rest of the metronomes. It was fascinating to watch. 
Mm, And he just talks about, you know, the energy and yeah. And he, the thing is, is that he's always about the science. And I, and I love that because I've not taken any notice of the chakras until this weekend. And now I will be taking a lot. And the Mm. Kundalini, he talks about the Kundalini, which I'd forgotten that name, Karen. So um, well, one of the things that I would suggest for anybody that's listening to the podcast today, that if you are really feeling like you resonate with this, um, you can find a Kundalini yoga teacher. And um, if you can't find one in your local suburb, you can jump onto and subscribe to a website called Gaia, G-A-I-A. Oh, yeah. Dot com. And they have like 600 different yoga classes running you know, at any given time, you could also stream a live yoga class. But the best part is they have maybe, I don't know, two or 300 different Kundalini yoga teachers on there at any given time. And um, it was so fascinating. I, and I don't remember if I mentioned this to you girls. I remember I went and did a Kundalini yoga class with a, mm. a Kundalini yoga teacher who'd been flown over from India. And right. it was part of this thing that I was looking into through Advaita and it was down in Brisbane and it was a three-day um, retreat type thing, but it wasn't a retreat. It was just for the yoga and then you went home. But I remember saying when I left, I always knew that the brain was very messy. I always knew that between the two ears was very noisy, but I had never had any idea how noisy the body was. <laughs> because when I, And when I first did Kundalini yoga, I went home and the body was quiet for the first time. And if it hadn't been quiet, I wouldn't have known that it was noisy because I was just thought it was the mind that was chattery. And that kundalini yoga actually quieted the body in such a way that I was floored and it was, it was, it was noticeable. It was massively noticeable. There was no, um, there was no, no, you can't, you see, as soon as I try and put language to it, it kind of gets a bit bankrupt, but there was no, um, yeah, there was no fizzing. There was no need for anything. There was no discomfort. There was no comfort. There was nothing. There was just a sense of nothingness for the body, which made the mind like dead quiet. It was absolute heaven. (laughs) Look, you know, it is amazing, Karen, because I I wanted to go to the loo. (laughs) But I didn't Ah. leave the room. I didn't want to leave the room and I didn't want to lose my spot on the floor. And um, so I thought, well, hopefully it's not going to be too long. And when I, when we did the meditation and when he, he just says, you know, quieten that body down and if, it, if it's yelling at you, tell it to be quiet. So here I am wanting to go to the loo and to sit for 50 minutes quietly. One, it was a 50-minute meditation. Wanting to go to the loo before I started, I had no sense of it, not one oh, wow. sense. So... It is a uh, amazing thing to do, and especially with pain. You know, I don't think going to the toilet is like pain, but if you can quieten your body down from a, a thing that the body wants to do, I'm, I'm sure there must be a way to quieten it down in other ways. And he he does talk about um, in the placebo that um, if you if you it's like Pavlov's dog if you keep doing the same thing and they get the same result, um, then the body's biochemistry will change despite a sugar pill being given to it. The biochemistry will change for that. And they've they've shown that with Parkinson's disease where um, 
they've said, you know, that the pill is going to change this dopamine and do this and do that and the whole body quietens down <laughs> from a sugar pill. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely fascinating. Amazing. Mm. And you know there's oils that are all designed for the chakras and to heal each one and there's so much of a conversation around that too. It's amazing. Mm. Well, Kimmy, what are, can, can you tell them to us now what they are? Yeah, yeah. What are the oils um, for the chakras? Well, I tend to get, it, it depends which way you want to use them and what you're trying to do with the chakra because if you're healing if you're trying to unblock the chakra you're going to use a different oil to one that's in, 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 in enhancing it so what i could do I've, I've written some stuff on it. i haven't actually put it into a blog yet but something i've been working on for a while but you could even use your this is how potent oils are you can even use your most favorite essential oil create a spritzer and then focus the work on the chakra and the oil will help work with it. Or you can go the other way and use an oil specifically for that chakra to help unblock it. But the key is, is actually understanding which ones are blocked in the first place. Um, and there's lots of testings that are done with that and working with different, even kinesiologists can work with that. In, in fact, Elizabeth Hughes goes into the chakra healing. Her book, um, You Can Heal Your Body, what is it? Um, Oh, that's it. Yeah, you yeah. can heal yeah, you yeah. can your body. Yeah. Because well, your body has your the body. answer now. In the last couple of yeah. weeks, we interviewed her. So she talks in that about which oils and which testings to do to find that out. So that could be the first thing. And then I go into, even if you don't know, I think sometimes your body knows. So do it with intention rather than trying to fix something sometimes when we become too knowledgeable or we try to become knowledgeable or even like what karen was saying before which i find really interesting when we try and articulate things or put it into some sort of languaging it actually loses its essence i feel a little bit like that with the oils so sometimes the body and particularly muscle testing is one of the most powerful ways to take the mind out of it and let your body talk. And this is where it leads, leads right back to the beginning of what you were saying, Cindy, that, and both you and Karen were saying that the body actually is very noisy and the body wants to be heard and the body can talk to you. So maybe that would be an, an interesting um, conversation we could have with the likes of someone like Megan or even get Elizabeth back on around the chakra healings because I think then I could give you rich oils. But there are certain oils that have been assigned to certain chakras, but I, it's too big to talk. I think it's too big because I think we've been going for some time now, but I think I'd rather we gave it the, the energy it, desire, it deserves, to be honest. And I'd love it if um, we could get someone that's really specialized on the chakras. Maybe that would be something that we could look at because I'd love to share with you these oils. Absolutely. Okay. Well, We'll work on that one. Yeah, let's do it and we'll work on it and get it because um, it, it's beautiful. The revelation to me about it, I was just, yeah, blown away by it. Well, then when you look at the Ayurvedic way of healing, like you were saying, and you're going into, and then Advita, when you go into all of these beautiful, um, I, I don't even think it's spiritual, but very ancient healing modalities, there is so much to it. And if we just realise that nature has such a place to part, a part to play there when it comes to herbs and oils, plants, and, and actually having the, the focus and intention and behind what those can do, 
It is mind-blowing. Have you ever had a kundalini massage? That's powerful as well. So there's so many amazing topics in here that it's just opened up a plethora of other conversations, really. Well, Miss Karen, I think you might need We've to... reached our... We've reached the end of our time. I don't want to go. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, for all of our listeners, I hope you guys have loved this podcast as much as we have. It's been a treat to talk to you and to share it all with you. And hopefully you guys have got tons and tons of questions for us so that we can just... I don't know. Just keep this going. I mean, let's just do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love listening to Karen. I just want to say I'm so excited for you, my darling. I think this is the calling you've been. It's, I mean, we all see it. It's, there's something very beautiful there, my darling. And Cindy, I love the fact that you go and educate and can share it with those of us that can't always get there or give us possibility to put um, goals in place. And maybe if he, and when he comes down under, we could put it all out there if we're all going to go to it. Maybe other people would like to join us so or come to New Zealand or Africa with us. And this is where you get to get all of our lessons coming together too. I think it's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I have had to turn my mic off quite often here being in Sydney with this. I'm in, I'm in a flight path. There's a lot of planes going over. So, <laughs> so uh, We haven't heard I a thing. Listening. I haven't heard anything. No, because I keep, I yeah. keep using the woman microphone. Um, but I've loved hearing everything. Thank you for sharing, beautiful girls. And, and one more thing before we go is... And this was the last thing that Dr. Joe finished with. He said, gratitude is the ultimate state of receiving. Oh, well, I'm very grateful. That's beautiful. Thanks, Cindy. Yeah, it's been a good podcast, guys. I loved it. Yeah, it's been a great, it's been a great podcast. So I think all of our listeners, all of us should just join together in gratitude, I think, for, for everything that, is not just on this show, but everything that's around us too, because sometimes we can lose sight of being present. And when you can be present, you can be grateful. And when you can be grateful, you can be present. And the two kind of go hand in hand, don't they? So, um, yeah, I think there's been a lots of, lots of take-homes and lots of stuff that we can work with on today's podcast. So thank you so much for sharing it with us. Thanks a million. And go to our Facebook page at all the w's.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat and post all of your questions right there. And let's keep this conversation going because no doubt this is opening up some cans of worms for some of you guys. This is some aha moments for some of you guys. For others of you, you're on the same path and it's reassuring to know that you're not on your own, that you're up for a chat. Sisters are right there with you. Um, so yeah, let us, know where, let us know where you stand with all of this sort of stuff because I think it's a very fascinating conversation to continue. You can also post your comments at all the w's.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. And join us here next week where we keep bringing you the good stuff when you get to be part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. And we're going to see you on the ride. Bye, everybody. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.